today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. As you heard yesterday, the uh, PM uh, gave the big okay for the Trans Mountain uh, Pipeline, and he said that it, it, it is a go, it will go, and it will start during this construction season, uh, and stressed that uh, we have to uh, get our resources to market and use the profits in order to uh, build a renewable energy industry and whatever the next phase of life is for us. So the interesting thing is uh, many are complaining that, uh, you know, uh, just uh, prior to all of this, the government declared a state of emergency uh, when it comes to climate change and now opening pipelines. Can you ride this fence? How do you do this? Uh, let's bring in uh, Barry Kay. He is with us, Wilfrid Laurier University, on the line with us now. Barry, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, I'm, I could hear you. All right. Thanks so much for the time, Barry. Uh, appreciate you being here. Your thoughts on the fine line that the Prime Minister is is walking right now. Does this help or hurt him announcing the pipeline? Look, this is all the result of politicians trying to be all things to all people. Boy, is it ever, Barry. I mean, that's the nail on the head right there, isn't it? There, there's an inherent conflict between uh, the, the our concern with uh, global warming and trying to reduce carbon um, and the fact and an acknowledgement that Canada is a resource producing and energy producing nation. Um, and that, uh, you know, when one tries to make everybody happy at the same time, and again, uh, the, the lines are getting, are, are getting harsher because of the fact that increasingly Canada's polarized. When the Liberals first got into this, they had many more provincial governments that were sort of prepared to go along, particularly if they were sort of, it, it, it was in their financial interest to do so. But in the, uh, the years since Trudeau initially followed this particular um, approach, We've seen uh, conservatives elected in a number of places, including Alberta, Ontario, Manitoba, and so forth. And all of a sudden, he's got real resistance at the provincial level. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, if perhaps, perhaps the, um, the what used to be called Kinder Morgan, which is the, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, shouldn't have been purchased by the government. But now that it has been purchased by the government, the government can't easily just sort of walk away from it and say it was all a mistake, especially when there's an election coming in a few months and it's just going to make them look even worse than they do now. Remembering that they're behind in the polls, too. They're, the conservatives aren't in a majority position, but at the moment, if an election was held, the, the likelihood is the conservatives would end up with more seats than the liberals. Anyway, you've got this sort of dog's breakfast of all sorts of conflicting positions and, and priorities for the, the federal government. And uh, I gather uh, from the people that were at the announcement yesterday that there was a line in one of the papers I was reading that the the uh, federal cabinet ministers looked as if as if their dog had died. <laughs> you know, the announcement of this 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 particular um, proposal. Um, it, it, of course, it's not ideologically consistent, but that's just the way it is. The liberals are trying to make the best they can out of a a rather sad sad set of assumptions which seemed to be more plausible a couple of years ago, than the, and certainly a year ago when they bought Kinder Morgan. At the time, if one remembers, the Kinder Morgan basically started, came to understand that there were going to be environmental challenges, indigenous challenges, and they decided that they were just going to walk away from it. The federal government didn't have to buy the project, but the fact it did means that it invested somewhat $4.5 billion. Anyway, that's kind of where we are, and um, when you ask what are the implications of all of this, nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good for the country. Nothing good for the um, for the government. And I guess just the hope that the um, because of the fact we've got an election coming up, that the people who are st- strongly affected by it will will not, will will find other kind of priorities and perhaps be less uh, less likely to hold that the federal government in in uh, you know in criticism as a result. But um, none of this looks good. And I'm not sure, frankly, the conservatives are probably just trying to keep their heads down. We'll see what the announcement is later. But 
um, it's it's not clear that that they they have a particular winning strategy either because there really isn't a winning strategy. Mm. Uh, politically, um, the, the 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 one salvation for the Liberals is they're in such bad shape in Western Canada. There probably aren't that many seats that are in jeopardy anyway. Mm. There are they are in jeopardy in British Columbia to a certain degree. That's where the environmentalist position is stronger. In Alberta, they have a few seats, but those are, are probably all going to be lost. Um, and then indeed, there's this this natural tension between Alberta, an energy producer, and British Columbia, which in fact is very much environmentally conscious. Even though you had NDP governments in both provinces, they were at, at yeah. each other's throats. So, but but um, you know, I found Trudeau's quote I- interesting, Barry, and he said, uh, and I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading just a portion of it. In order to bridge the gap between where we are and where we're, we need or going to be, we need money to pay for it. We should harvest what we have and invest in projects in the projects that come next, building the clean energy future that is already on our doorsteps. That sounds like a lot of common sense, Barry, but it. it, it it appears uh, in the past he's he's been so concerned about addressing the extremes that, that, that he doesn't seem to have a common sense approach like this is. Uh, you know, one minute he's saying that the world's coming to an end and the other second he's talking like this. Now, to me, w- this quote, I, I think this is going to go a long way for him. But, you know, if, if you're a left-leaning environmentalist who was hoping the pipelines would be uh, our history in Canada, you're going to be very upset. Which can... Which which prime minister do Canadians believe here? Well, the phrase sounds good. Implementing it is something else again. Uh, what he's tried to do to candy coat what's really an impossible situation is to suggest that by by being anti-environment in terms of you know increasing pipeline usage, that indeed the money is going to be used for good purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, we're trying to you know to have it both ways. I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm not sure it's credible. And in fact, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to suggest that I know where the uh, what Canada is going to do four months from now because we wrote four months from the election. Uh, uh, that indeed, it's it's not at all clear that the Liberals are going to be able to implement anything, and then it'll be the Conservatives that are going to have this problem. But right now, there's a, this tension between environmentalist concerns, which are significant in seats, especially in British Columbia, because that's where the pipeline's coming through from Edmonton, I think, to Burnaby, um, and. Uh, and the people in Alberta who are who, whose economy is very much based upon it's not just BC versus Alberta, but that's that's the core of the issue. And to, to, to try and square that circle and to suggest they can make everybody happy, it just isn't going to happen, even with um, high-minded sounding phrases that mm. make it sound like they're. But what uh, what they're trying to do is is buy off with money from the pipeline. The concerns of the environmentalists right. suggesting that the profits are going to go in that direction. I guess in an impossible situation, that's as good a resolution as the liberals can come up with. I'm sure they've given it lots of thought, but it isn't particularly satisfactory. Now, whether how much impact that's going to have in Ontario, which is really where the determination of how the election in October is really going to be set, the uh, the liberals are going to lose seats. They're not going to lose everything. They'll still hold seats in Winnipeg a little bit and um, and and Vancouver, but that's basically it. For West of Canada, I guess Goodale may be able to see in Regina, but there's not much else that's coming up. The election is going to be won or lost between the Liberals and Conservatives in Ontario. Quite frankly, this general neck of the woods, the 905, the area around Toronto, how it plays in Ontario, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure this is a high priority. Uh, the concern for the Liberals and indeed the, the other parties other than the conservatives is that the environmental vote is going to be split in different ways with the greens the ndp and the liberals um, and strategic voting may very well uh, come into place the environmentalists are not going to vote conservative that's that's for sure so in fact in terms of winning the election in ontario uh trudeau probably doesn't have to be as hardline uh green as he might be 
But uh, anyway, these are the different calculations that are going into it. Um, as we said at the outset, the situation's a mess. Circumstance, it's all the law of unintended consequences. When the commitment to buying Trans Mountain was done by the Liberals, the, the political circumstances did not look as they do now. Um, you know, there's something else that makes it even worse, which is... So you, you were talking about how the political circumstances were different when they actually purchased the Trans Mountain. So had those political, had that political situation, those political situations stayed the same, would he not be okaying this pipeline now? Well, the provincial, the, the, there were provincial governments in place that were going along with the, uh, the carbon pricing. Um, and uh, and that, that's one of the factors that's changed. Now that, in fact, you've got conservatives very much ramping up right. opposition to the whole environmental project. That it's inconsistent and hypocritical goes without saying. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's a function of different regional interests. Right. Uh, Alberta and B.C. being core to it, but those are, there's people with positions in other places in Ontario as well. Uh, but in terms of, you know, one of the questions I think you're interested in is, how is this going to play politically? And where it's really important, it's not so much in Alberta and B.C. It, it involves a few seats there. It's the 905 around Toronto, particularly, you know, certainly extending into, um, the, you know, the Niagara Peninsula. That's where the election is going to be won and lost. I'm not sure to what extent Ontarians are, are, are concerned about this issue. Some are. The people that are environmentalists are not voting conservative. But I'm not sure the people that are on the other side are as concerned because we are not an oil and energy producing province in Ontario. Mm. Our jobs are not on the line in the way they are in Alberta. So in terms of the political implications, I'm not sure. Um, but in terms of the fact that it's an irresolvable mess, that, that goes without hmm. saying. Why declare a climate state of emergency all in the same week? I mean, that, it looks now that that was simply done to soften the political blow of the construction announcement. Um, uh, why even bring that up? Does that help or hurt at this point? Well, it comes back. <laughs> Who's a good, it, it helps with some people and hurts with others. Um, I frankly think, from the liberal position, trying to play to the Alberta vote is a non-winner. They're, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to win any seats in Alberta, and they didn't do very well last time anyway. There were a couple, I guess, around Edmonton, and I think one in Calgary that they had a shot at. Um, I think the, the, the smart liberal position is to try to look more environmental, but not look like you're incompetent, given that purchasing Trans Mountain may, in hindsight, be seen as incompetent. They can't say that it was a mistake, because it just makes them look incompetent, even though the people who benefit from the purchase of Trans Mountain in Alberta aren't going to reward the Liberals anyway. Um, it, there really are a number of moving parts to the, the political calculation of all this. The reason I'm mentioning in Ontario is that it's really in Ontario where the election, that's where the swing ridings are, where yeah. lots of them are. Um, and that's where the determination of the election is, is, is going to be set. Um, the Conservatives are gaining versus the Liberals, but public opinion in, in Ontario has not moved away from the Liberals nearly to the degree it's moved in Western Canada. So that's not clear either. Um, there isn't a simple answer to all of this other than there's no easy way out. I don't think the um, uh, taking a strong pro-Alberta, pro-pipeline position helps but the li- for the, the, the Liberals in terms of winning seats, but it does at least ameliorate the, the suggestion that they were incompetent by buying buying the Trans Mountain. The Prime, that, Minister, that's a done deal. the Prime Minister said long ago and has, has been pretty steady that he, he wants to get uh, Canada's natural resources to market. He has continually said that. So should we be surprised? Well, no. And, and, and look, in, people with environmental concerns, and I share them, uh, have to understand that our economy is disproportionately based on environmental, uh, on excuse me, on, on natural resources, on yeah. carbons. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it can be done in a cleaner kind of way. 
perhaps moving toward natural gas away from the tar sands and so forth is the way to go in the future. But we shouldn't ignore the fact that our, econ- our economic well-being is, is to a large extent based upon selling, selling energy. Um, even for those that are, are perhaps critical of um, the Alberta, the new Alberta government and, and critical of that position. Of course, saying that we should uh, ex- be expanding our economy, any politician, that's motherhood, and any politician mm-hmm. is going to be supportive of that. But it's kind of um, uh, tr- trying to uh, wax over the fact that indeed um, the energy, the, what we're selling, is something that is really not uh, compatible with our, the concern with global warming, which Canadians themselves are probably hypocritical in the sense of wanting a strong economy yeah. and, on the other hand, wanting a, um, a much more carbon-free, greener economy. Um, and uh, the, the Prime Minister can say he's working for both, but it isn't quite that simple. Later on today, Andrew Scheer uh, supposedly going to announce his plan. What does he have to do? How can he make this work? Well, he, he's got the benefit of at least not being in government right now. I think uh, should the Conservatives get elected, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, should the Conservatives be elected come October, um, he's going to have a mess because he, uh, he is going to have uh, – his party does, of course, very well in Alberta. It'll sweep much of Alberta, if not all of it. But um, on the other hand, he cannot take a very um, hard line in terms of offending um, environmentalists because environmentalists live disproportionately in places like Ontario, British Columbia, to be sure, Quebec also. These are all places where uh, the economy is not really based upon energy and where, in fact, most people, if they vote on the issue, not everybody votes because of this particular factor. There's other things, too. But uh, people that vote on this issue are much more likely to be concerned about, um, about the global warming concern. Um, I suspect he will try to take a meal. Frankly, I think he's, just, he's got to say something. Hmm. So he'll come up. He'll probably come up with something that's also relatively mealy-mouthed and, and, and hypocritical in the sense of talking about the fact that he wants economic growth. He will certainly not stand in the way of the principle of pipelines, but he'll also talk about the fact that he's very concerned about. In fact, I think they've already made noises in this direction that they want to um, uh, want to maintain the the, uh, the Paris Accord uh, principles into the future. I'm not sure what he's going to do. It, it isn't for for. Parties that are in um, in positions of having a shot at government—that's the liberals and conservatives—they've got. They, it isn't easy. They've got to please different constituencies. For the Greens, for the New Democrats, and maybe for the Bloc in Quebec, um, they can take a, a very uh, green—that is a very um, environmental position, knowing that they're not going to win that many seats anyway, and that they're certainly not going to be in government. So they have the luxury of try of taking one particular side of the uh, of the dilemma mm. over the other. But Sheer uh, Sheer cannot move in a particularly um, anti-environmental position either. He's going to have to say something that's relatively speaking coming out of both sides of his mouth. I'm not sure exactly what he's going to do, but he'll, he'll try to co- cover the difference. Fortunately for him, he is not in government. He is not the person that actually purchased Trans Mountain. I'm sure he would have purchased Trans Mountain because it's even more important for his voters. But it happened that it was on Trudeau's watch, not his. Barry Kay has been with us, political science professor, Wilfrid Laurier University. Barry, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Happy to chat. Bye-bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.